Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It shows a loss on paper, even though in reality they have received money, the quarterly or in some cases monthly distributions from the property. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others. And today is Friday. I hope you're having a best ever Friday. And we're going to do follow along Friday. I am with Theo Hicks. Theo, how are you doing? Doing good, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to partner up with you again and dive into it. So follow along Friday in case you're listening for the first time. It is what we got going on in our entrepreneurial endeavors. We got a whole lot going on, that's for sure. And it's not to talk about what we're doing, it's to talk about 
the lessons that we're learning along the way so that we can apply it to what you're doing. That is the most important thing out of this. So how do you want to approach today's conversation? I say we start with the pizza party. Pizza party. Yes. Explain that. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza party. Everyone loves a pizza party, right? I was interviewing Marco Santarelli, Mm -hmm. and his episode will air way down the line because we're booked... 60 days or so out so whenever i actually do an episode and i record it we have guests who i've already recorded 60 days out so anyway this episode will air later so you're getting a sneak peek right now and he was talking about an experience he had where a property manager essentially stole six thousand dollars in rent checks from Mm -hmm. him and he said how you really make money on the operations. And I agree. We have to buy it right. We have to have the right business plan. But ultimately, if the business plan isn't executed according to how our spreadsheet says it should be executed, mm-hmm. then everything falls flat. And it's like the Mike Tyson quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched Punch in the out. face, right? <laughs> Same thing. And as I was talking to him, I normally don't multitask during interviews. But I also am wired to take immediate action Mm -hmm. if I have an idea. I'll either write it down or I'll do something towards executing on whatever the idea is. And while he was talking and he said that, I was like, you know what? I have a phenomenal property management company for my single-family homes and multifamily. But for whatever reason, single-families came to my mind Mm -hmm. immediately. I said, I'm going to do a pizza party for the property management company. And I, so I made a note of that. And then after the interview, I sent an email to the property management lead and it's Emerald Property Management. There are two Emerald Property Management companies in Dallas. One's got bad reviews. This one has good reviews. This one is in Colleyville. So the good one that I use, single family homes in Dallas-Fort Worth, Colleyville specifically, is Emerald Property Management. I sent the email to the gentleman. His name is Ford, F-O-R-D. And I said, I'd like to throw you all pizza parties. Like, don't need to. I said, whatever. I am. And I copied my assistant, and she's coordinating the details. Mm -hmm. And the pizza party's probably going to be $100. Well, they are managing my three houses. And I don't have to do anything with those houses ever. Because they've got it down. They have the houses filled They address the maintenance needs. We retain the residents. They're really good about late fees and charging them. If the resident's late, they're by the book. And that, to me, is incredibly valuable because everyone's time is the most important resource that we have. So from a business standpoint, I definitely see the ROI on a $100 pizza party because no one else does it. Most people don't do it. And it makes me stand out, so I guarantee that my properties will get a higher degree of attention Mm -hmm. than someone else's properties would. That's just human nature. That's the case. Even if they deny it, it's got to be the case. And if my properties don't get a higher degree of attention, which they will, it made me feel good doing it, and it makes them feel good when they receive pizza. So it's a $100 investment, but guaranteed it will have 10 times return on that investment, whether it is they find a more resourceful way to get a vendor to negotiate their price down, and that will pay it back itself, or they find a resident faster, or they do a little bit of more work mm-hmm. on tenant retention. So 
that was the pizza party idea. I just happened to talk to Theo about it earlier today, and he said, we got to mention this on follow-along Friday, and so there you go. It's like a one-off thing, or do you plan on doing it frequently, or... Don't do it frequently because the best gifts are the ones that are unexpected. Mm -hmm. With certain exceptions, I send flowers to my 101-year-old grandma and my 94-year-old great-aunt every month. That's because they're lonely and they deserve it. They deserve the flowers. And that's something that they look forward to. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, the unexpected gifts are the best. That's why I believe it's much better to send people gifts around times that they're not expecting it versus the holidays. I don't send out holiday cards, but we send out signed copies of our book to my private investors. They end up receiving them on some random Tuesday of a month, and they don't expect that, and that's something that goes a long way. I got a lot of emails back from investors saying, hey, thanks a lot for sending me a signed copy of your book. Appreciate it. And that stands out a lot more than sending a holiday card when everyone else is sending holiday cards. Mm -hmm. And your holiday card probably isn't that much different. And one quote that stands out to me in this is Tim Ferriss says, be unique before trying to be incrementally better. Because if we're unique and we stand out, we're much more likely to get more deals, get more business, get more leads, whatever, than if we're trying to simply be incrementally better doing what everyone else is doing. Something else that comes to mind, too, you've interviewed so many people that I'm sure you've heard of a ton of different unique ways in a pizza party. You sent out a book. Something else that comes to mind now is I know someone said, instead of sending out a holiday card, they'll send out a, a custom stationery that'll mm-hmm. have like their name on the top. So like, whenever they're writing your notes, you're constantly seeing that person's, that person's name. So whenever you associate that with whatever kind of investor they mm-hmm. are. So if something comes up where they need an investor or they want to invest in a deal or if, they find, if it's an agent, they find a deal, mm-hmm. they're constantly flipping through the stationary pad and seeing your name constantly yeah. at your top of mind. I feel like they all kind of fall into the same category. Yeah, I agree. It has staying power. Mm-hmm. The stationary has staying power. A book has staying power because when we send that book out and it's signed, we're infiltrating someone's house (laughs) with our names. Mm -hmm. And now, assuming that they don't immediately throw it away, which they might do, that's possible. (laughs) But if they don't throw it away, then at minimum, they're going to put it away on the bookshelf. And it's still there with their other books. Mm -hmm. And when they're flipping through books, they'll see it. But best case scenario is they read it and it's right in front of them for a decent period of time. So the stationary thing is the same thing. It has staying power. All right, let's transition over to the other topic, which might be the meat of the podcast, which is tax benefits. I think yesterday was tax day. So I was just thinking it would be good to explain what the potential tax benefits are of your perspective as a sponsor or a syndicator. Mm-hmm. It's the same benefit. And I don't know about if this is going to be in the meat of the podcast. Pretty short answer. Okay. <laughs> Pretty short answer. The benefit is really simple. It's depreciation. The depreciation of the property and the pass-through of that depreciation. Mm-hmm. So commercial properties depreciate a certain period, a certain amount over time. I think it's 27 and a half years, I believe, And therefore, we're able to depreciate the value of the property, value divided by, if it's 27.5, which I think it is, 
that's how much money mm-hmm. you can depreciate on paper, and that gets passed through to myself and the investors. Therefore, when we receive our K-1s or returns, uh, investors receive K-1s at the end of the year, it shows a loss on paper, even though in reality they have received money, the quarterly or in some cases monthly distributions from the property. And that's amazing to high net worth individuals because it lowers their taxable income for the year and it lowers the amount of money that they have to pay for taxes. Now the catch is, there's always a catch, the catch is when we sell the property, that money is recaptured by the government. So you have one of two options. Mm -hmm. You either have to pay the taxes on the final distributions that you receive from the property or you can 1031 into another deal. And we'll always seek out another deal to have to 1031 into. We don't promise investors that we will have something, but our intention is to be able to have an opportunity to 1031. That way, there's not a taxable event for investors ourselves because we invest alongside investors. Therefore, we have limited partner dollars just like they have limited partner dollars. So we have alignment of interest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1031, I know that we talked about this last week when we were talking about preparing for an investor call and how one of your main focuses is on capital preservation. I think it was Frank Zaccanelli who was also talking about that and saying how his mentor, I think it was Ross Perot, always said how investing is all about getting your capital back first. And so I was kind of just thinking about when you're saying that. So if the investor gets all their capital back on that first deal and they 1031 it and they kind of move that capital to the next deal, then it's like infinite return at that point. Mm -hmm. That's a smart way to invest. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any other tax questions. I don't want to like, I know you're a tax attorney. And and we've interviewed a lot of tax experts, CPAs who Mm -hmm. have talked about this and if you want to dig deeper in this, then best ever listeners, you can go to bestevershow.com and search depreciation or 1031, and the episodes that have that in there will come up. And we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. We have a transcription of every episode mm-hmm. starting two weeks ago. It's not retroactive, but for the last 20 or so days, plus or minus, and then moving forward, there's a transcription of every single episode at bestevershow.com, so it will allow you to easily search for things that perhaps you heard on a previous episode, but you don't remember what the episode is, and you can just search in the little search tool at bestevershow.com. That also helps me because we receive emails, I heard you on an episode about three months ago, and you said something about a house. Can you, do you remember what that was? I was like, no. My assistant's like, do you know? I was like, I have no clue. Now they can search at bestevershow.com and, and try and find Especially it. Especially since it wasn't three months ago. It was like six months ago. I know. Ago. There's yeah. just no way you're going to remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we've got two questions from listeners. One is from Brooks, and this was based off of last week's Follow-On Friday where we were talking about how to prepare and structure your investor call. And he was asking, at what point do you talk about money slash splits in it for the investors? So when do you talk about the money and the splits with the investors? Well, it's a pretty important component to the deal, knowing that the investors know what the structure is. Therefore, we have it on our summary page 
right after the table of contents. Mm-hmm. It's the investor summary, and it says whatever it is. In all cases so far, it's been an 8% preferred return, and then there's been a split after that. Sometimes we have a 70-30 split until we reach 18% internal rate of return to investors, and then 50-50 thereafter, or sometimes it's 15% internal rate of return, and then 65-35 at 18%, and then 50-50 after that. The project dictates the performance hurdles, but his question was, when do you communicate that? And the answer is, when you talk to them about the deal for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then just for clarification, the 70-30 split is after it hits 8%, then anything on top of that. So if it's 10%, then that 2%, we 70% to the investors and then 30% to the sponsors. That's correct. Okay. I think we addressed that one pretty well. The other question is similar, and it's from Kane. And he says, Joe, I'd love to learn more about how to structure equity partners in regards to paying their returns. Do you have a podcast or episode or blog post to point me or that'd be great? And he says that he currently owns a duplex and a 12-unit. And has his site set on a larger syndication deal this year. He's looking forward to learning. Thank you. Well, congrats on the 12 unit and the duplex. What's the question? The question is, how to structure equity partners in regards to paying their returns. Okay. Well, I think I just answered it. Yeah. Right? Let me back up. The structure depends on what your business objectives are, what the investor's business objectives are, and what the project can do. You need to look at those three things. I'm throwing out my structure just to give you an example, but it doesn't really matter what my structure is because it matters what fits your needs, your investor needs, and what the project makes sense. For example, development deals tend to have a higher preferred return because they're not getting paid anything for the first 24, 36 months, Mm -hmm. and that money is accruing until it's stabilized, leased up, and it can start cash flowing. Other development deals I've seen are like a 4 or 5% preferred return, otherwise known as a PREF, and it's 50-50, just a straight split after that. It depends on how you want to do it. You can also structure it where, and this is how you make the most money. I don't do it, but this is how you can make the most as a syndicator. You structure your investors so that they are exited out at a refinance. They get paid a fixed percentage, say 10, 11%. Basically, it's debt investors. You pay 10, 12, whatever percent. And then when you do a refinance, you pay them their 10, 12%, pay them back their money. And then that's it. Then they exit, and you maintain all the equity for the deal, and you hold on to it long term. You talk about how to build a real estate empire relatively quickly. You bring only debt-based investors for the first couple years while you're repositioning the property, and then you exit them out. You hold on to it long term, and holy cow, you could raise, say, $6 bucks by $20 million apartment community increase the value to $40 million, more realistically, say $30 million, Mm -hmm. and then exit them out, and now you've got a $30 million apartment community that you only own. So it depends on those three things that I mentioned before. That's how you structure it, what makes the most sense. I can tell you industry standard is to have a preferred return and then some sort of equity split above that like we do. However, you might have investors who only want to put their money in for two years. 
And if so, then that could be more of a debt-based raise versus equity-based raise. You do equity raise? Yeah. Okay. Last week, we did a blog post on the difference between debt and equity. So if you want to learn more about that, look up the transcription services, type in debt equity to the website, and you'll find that blog post. I had had that question on there. Oh, that's what's the difference between the two, which we already went over. And then what's the best to do and why? And you said it's based off of a situation. Yeah. You'll make more money in the long run. And you'll have more ownership if you only bring on debt investors. It's more challenging because investors usually want the upside that real estate has. And that's why I do that with our investors up until this point I have. But if I come across an investor who's got six, seven million and they're wanting 10, 12% return and be exited out, in two years, I'll say hallelujah. Yeah. Because then we'll go buy something with the majority of their equity. We'll put our own money in it too, exit them out, and then we'll just own the thing ourselves forever until we 1031 into something else and keep on yeah. growing larger. Well, those are the two questions we had. Is there anything else we got going on in the business? Any? Yes. One deal we have pretty much closed the equity raise on, and then another that we should be getting under contract in the next day or two. It's an off-market deal, so excited about both those. And as you know, we just did our monthly email to all of our investors on all eight properties. Actually, six properties. Two of them were just closed, so we didn't do a monthly email. And that went well. We send quarterly financials to the investors, and now it's just a matter of making sure properties perform and then seeing where these next acquisitions just continue to do due diligence on these next acquisitions. We should get back an appraisal in the next week or two on one of the properties that we're closing in June. And we should have that other off-market deal under contract in the next couple of days. Have we talked about on the podcast or on the YouTube channel how we structure the monthly emails? Don't no, we, we should. We have. Maybe next week. Yeah, we'll talk about that this week. Maybe a good podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how to write monthly emails. I do monthly emails. That's not typical. Usually it's quarterly. I've heard some stories of operators, syndicators not even communicating until you know there's a, <laughs> a, there's a refinance or something goes wrong. I do monthly, and we can talk about how to structure those monthly emails. All right. You good? Good. All right. Well, best ever listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself, or you can work with this team, and they'll implement it for you adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Finally, your funding problem is 100% solved at cix.com. At cix.com, private lenders compete to fund deals. CIX facilitates over half a billion in loans for real estate investors weekly. Get funded and download your free funding kit at cix.com.